About 60 years before the birth of Jesus, there was a wealthy merchant by the name of Ananias. His house lay within the walls of Jerusalem, but he had a lot of property outside the city walls as well. At this time, Palestine, the the Holy Land, was under Jewish rule, but there had just been a civil war, and there was now an uneasy truce between two Jewish factions. The leader of the losing faction, for the sake of revenge, had just persuaded a group of Arabs to invade Jerusalem. At the last minute, our merchant, Ananias, took measures to secure his considerable fortune. He placed much of his gold and most of his jewels in a large bronze chest, and by night, with the help of four men and two oxen, he conveyed the chest outside of Jerusalem, burying it in a field in the corner of one of his farms. And yet it was all in vain. Ananias and the men who knew the location of the treasure were killed the next day by the Arabs. Moreover, the Romans soon took over Palestine and redistributed the farmland surrounding the city. The hidden treasure was lost to human memory. Now let's fast forward 80 years, about 20 years after the birth of our Lord. There was another Jewish man by the name of Jonathan. Jonathan was not exactly poor, but he was far from rich. He worked for a wealthy landowner who hired him to survey potential land acquisitions. One day, Jonathan was looking at a field for sale. It was said that a few generations ago, this land had been part of a farm. So with plowing and irrigation in mind, Jonathan decided to strike his shovel into the earth. After only a minute of digging, a thrust of the shovel was answered by the sound of metal. Seized with curiosity, he continued digging until he uncovered a large bronze chest. He opened the chest. His amazement knew no bounds as he laid his eyes on the largest stockpile of gold and precious stones he'd ever seen. There's no way the owner of the field knew the treasure was there. If he did, before he put the field up for sale, he would have removed the treasure. Jonathan looked to his right and then to his left. No one was around to witness his discovery. The chest was too heavy for him to move, and even if he could move it, there was no way he could do so unnoticed. With heart racing and sweat pouring down his face, he quickly reburied it. An hour later... He counseled his boss not to buy the field. The soil was too rocky. An hour after this, he was gleefully dragging his furniture to the market. With great excitement and joy, he was selling everything. He found someone to buy his house. He sold the garden he just inherited from his uncle. He even sold his donkey, one of his son's favorite donkeys. Three days later, with nothing but the clothes on his back, but cash in hand, he went to the owner of the field and bought it. With something like this incident in mind, Jesus tells the parable we hear in today's gospel. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. My brothers and sisters, the entirety of the Christian life is contained in this little parable. And with the help of its extended version, let's explore how this is so. 
First of all, the Christian life has at its heart a paradox. We Christians have done nothing to earn the treasure of salvation. And yet, our salvation demands of us everything we've got. Remember in our story, the treasure belonged to the merchant Ananias. He had earned it and had left it behind at the expense of his own life. Jonathan did nothing to earn this vast fortune with a single strike of the shovel. He's a rich man. And yet, he still needs to sell everything he has to buy the field that contains the treasure. Now, there was a huge disproportion between the price of the field and the worth of the treasure. Perhaps the field in our modern-day currency was worth 20000 bucks. The treasure, though, could have been worth hundreds of millions. Trade in 20000 and get hundreds of millions? Good deal. Where do I sign up? And yet that 20000 was all Jonathan was worth. He had to liquidate everything he had to get it. So also, as Christians, there is nothing we can give that could equal the infinitely valuable gift of salvation. It has been merited for us by the labors and death of Christ. And yet, it demands of us everything we've got. We have to be totally invested in our faith. I'm reminded of the group of international students I taught when I was studying for the priesthood in Rome. These young students came from all over the world. France, Slovakia, Kazakhstan, Rwanda, Australia, and more. Rome was for them a sort of headquarters from which they would take mission trips to serve the poor of different countries. But while they were there in Rome, they lived in community, prayed together, and took lessons to deepen their knowledge of the Catholic faith. I had the honor and the privilege of being one of their teachers. These students lived in extremely cramped quarters. They had to learn a new language and adjust to one another's different cultures, as well as the local Italian culture. They had left behind their families and jobs and had often interrupted their university training. And yet, despite their great personal sacrifices, they acted as if they had won the lottery. One year's class in particular treated every hour I gave to them as if it were a priceless gem. During our lessons, the presence of God was often palpable. This was because they had such open and generous hearts. They all used to wear a sort of uniform, a sweatshirt, what they call what the kids nowadays call a hoodie. They all used to wear a hoodie that had printed on it a slogan that perfectly sums up our parable, I think. It read, Give all, get more. So returning to our parable, we see in it also how in the Christian life, faith alone is adequate to deal with the mystery of suffering. After Jonathan finds the treasure, he buries it in the darkness of the earth and it's hidden from sight. Does not the burial of the treasure also remind us of the lowering of a coffin into the earth? Let's remember that through baptism we are conformed to the image of Christ's suffering and burial and death. As Christians, we must expect the darkness of suffering, the suffering that comes from people misunderstanding our good intentions, the suffering we encounter when we meet with various difficulties in life like financial difficulties, the suffering we go through when our loved ones or ourselves face serious sickness or death. 
But as St. Paul tells us in today's second reading, for those who love God, all things work together for the good. God would not allow any evil or suffering in our lives unless he foresaw that it would result in a greater good. Of course, in the midst of the darkness of suffering, we often can't see what good could come of it. But that's what faith is all about. We walk by faith, not by sight. The treasure of eternal life with God is buried down deep in the darkness of suffering. Suffering hides it from our sight. In this world, we often can't see the good reason God has in permitting us to suffer. Nonetheless, in the world to come, it will all become clear. Now the treasure is hidden from sight. Then the field will have been bought and we'll be able to uncover the treasure. We'll see how, in fact, God knew what he was doing all along and how he didn't permit anything bad that wasn't for our good. Until then, the Christian is called to give everything for faith. And finally, notice the great joy Jonathan had in his discovery. As he gleefully sold off everything but the clothes on his back, we can imagine his family and friends thinking he's a little crazy. But yet they probably couldn't help but notice his joy. Joy is a product of love. We rejoice over what we love. So also the Christian comes to realize that all his investments in his spiritual life, all the suffering he embraces for God's sake, all has behind it the love of God. And it is this love and the joy it produces that is the most effective means of spreading the gospel. Yes, indeed, truly, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again and out of joy, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 